Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Very important show today and an important guest. Uh, The title of the show is Warning. Don't be manipulated into January 6th anniversary hysteria. Yes, January 6th is uh, (laughs) two days from now, and um, I already hear the drums beating. Um, Some politicians from Biden and Pelosi on down are making more of a fuss of the one-year anniversary of the storming of the Capitol than they have done for 20 years of the anniversary of 9-11. And in fact, they would make you think that this event was as important and as as destructive to America as 9-11. Nothing could be further than from the truth. So I, I, this is a sort of a warning for you, for you not to be fooled. There are going to be events in Washington, D.C. and throughout the country, uh, some of which may turn violent because, as I said, the German beats are, are getting louder and faster and um, drumming people up to turn against, to, to believe that this is really this is an anti-Trump rally. Uh, blaming, you know, what happened there on Trump. And I want to say right up front that um, I was on January 6th last year. I was at home watching television, including watching Trump's speech in the morning. And he did not say to do to be violent um, or to damage any property or to to do anything like what ultimately happened. Um, he wanted to have a, a protest of sorts, a show of people who are con- were concerned about how the election was about to be um, stolen or at least about to be not uh, counted properly or recounted. So um, that is what this is about. It's to get, it's for Democrats to get political clout, to remind people how terrible this was. You know, what about the American Revolution? Anyhow, here to discuss, it's not just going to be me ranting today, (laughs) because I could go on forever about this. But fortunately, we have an honored guest back to the show. Uh, His name is John O'Connor. He's an attorney, a legal analyst, and the author of Postgate. How the Washington Post betrayed Deep Throat, covered up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. He's the host of the Mysteries of Watergate podcast. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. And he currently practices law in San Francisco and has been involved in many high-profile cases, including Deep Throat where he represented Mark Felt. Welcome to the show again, John. You know, January 6th, it's almost like, you know, I was comparing it to 9-11, how uh, Democrats are making more of this than they did for any of the anniversaries of 9-11. And, um, and just like 9-11, you know, where people remember where they were at the, at the time, 
Um, where were you on January 6th, last January 6th? Well, um, I was just hanging around, I guess, and at some point in the day I saw what was going on. I, I admit, Dr. Carroll, to being disturbed by it, but one of the things that I immediately thought about was, yes, everybody's getting their knickers in a knot here, and I understand it. It's not real pretty when you see people you know, invading the Capitol and all that. But I could not help but think about what had happened to our cities throughout the summertime and, and the, uh, the fall to a great extent, and they were burned to the ground. People lost their life savings, nice uh, middle-class people striving, people of uh, diverse backgrounds, who many who've lost their lives and, and all who lost their businesses and their property probably will never be able to get insurance again or bank loans. And yet, that doesn't seem to bother anybody. Those were all peaceful protests. Uh, you know, uh, oh, you know, so you know how these peaceful protests sometimes get out of hand, and there are a few people here and there. And then you contrast it with January 6th. Now, let me also approach it this way. What happened after January 6th when Biden was inaugurated? All of a sudden, we have barbed wire and 30,000 troops. Guess what? We could have had a, a reasonable barricade and a number of troops for for January 6th, this is a very big uh, uh, protest, uh, and I have read the Senate report, which is 97 pages, and it dissects one by one every statement made by the Capitol Police or the Metropolitan Police of Washington, D.C. about what they did to prepare for this. They knew what was happening. They knew that out of the thousands and thousands of people that were going to come there, some people, a few of them, were planning on invading the Capitol in some in an aggressive way. Now, that wasn't Trump. Trump didn't have the intelligence. The Capitol Police actually have an intelligence unit of something like 145 people. And as early as December 15th, head of it was sending an email. Well, after the report, I guess we need some ask for reinforcements from the National Guard. By the time it got to be January 3rd, everybody knew that this was going to be, there were some aggressive guys, there were going to be some trouble here because people were so outraged. Guess what? Of my friends got dragged the streets protesting. That was considered kind of cool at the time, and you're real sure if you did that, and so forth. So here it is. With any kind of reasonable response, and reading this report will make you angry, and then people were so and remember, it was Trump who said that we should have national guard out, that we should stop any type of keep the peace. Well, uh, the people voted there are saying, oh, the optics of having boots on the ground, how terrible that is, we don't want to do that. Even I say, even some of the people in their own defense, his own defense department said that. So we did not take necessary steps when any big demonstration occurs. This new to Washington, D.C. They knew it was coming. The Capitol Police have 1,345 people. Uh, Washington, the mayor of Washington made sure that the National Guardsmen who were deployed didn't have weapons. So guess what? We needed the National Guardsmen. They don't have their weapons or their tactics. <laughs> they might as well be uh, high school students. You know, the preparation was terrible. 
What did happen well, was let me not ask good. You, let me I, ask you, do you think do you think that that was on purpose? Do you think it was just neglect or or um, incompetence? Or do you think that, that it was done on purpose that there weren't people, uh, enough troops or, or very, you know, police, whatever, to protect the Capitol? No, I think what it is, is it's the same thinking that was, ironically enough, that, you know, led to the riots, the riots not being quelled. It's just that they're basically, to, to use the word idiots, uh, you read the Senate report and you get no other conclusion, but these people didn't know what they were doing. Uh, the head of it, when when finally got this terribly, terribly uh, impressive and uh, frightening intelligence on January 3rd, or even maybe a little before that, the head fellow just attached it, kept the same summary <laughs> that he had before, and all the rest is a much problem. And he attached the bats and attachment to the end. So unless you're a really good nonfiction reader in the Capitol Police, you, you get to page 32, you're not going to know this happened. And it's just a common bears. You cannot make it up. It is so silly. It is like uh, a clown show. So, so I wish, I mean, the, the funny about it is it actually worked to the Democrats' advantage because they sucked a few bad actors in that they could blame on Trump. Now, I'll say this. There's one thing that I think Trump probably can be before, and I'll try to be as a candidate as I can. I think he probably should have heeded the advice of Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and uh, uh, Kilmeade uh, uh, to try to use his voice to pull off the, the record sooner. If I had any criticism of Trump, that would be it. But in terms of inciting the riot, no, he didn't incite the riot. The main fault is the is the uh, poor, poor uh, security. Everybody know, knows you need security, and they didn't have enough. What, what's what's hard about that? You didn't have enough security. People are upset. They thought an election was stolen. Uh, people were upset about being in Vietnam. Certainly, they should be upset about an election okay. stolen. So, you know, we can we can all forgive. Oh, George Floyd died. Okay, now the next month. We have cities devastated. Okay, George Floyd died. Now we have an election stolen. You don't think people should rightly be upset? Now they shouldn't uh-huh. act the way some of them shouldn't have acted the way they acted. But 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 is that Trump's fault? No, not really. Um, I wish his rhetoric would have been different as Georgia, and I wish George would have won Georgia. So there's a lot of things that I, I can sit back and money running quarterback. But to try to make this thing into something that is not. It really plays to all the biases and prejudices of the Eastern elites against uh, the Trumpies who they look at as just being the great unwashed. I love it, you know, uh, that that all of a sudden normal people are terrible. It used to be Democrats like normal people, and now they don't like normal people. Uh, so okay. I have a real problem with trying to make something out of January 6th that it's not. Uh, it's not the finest hour for anybody uh, on any uh, any part of this. The other comment I would make, Dr. Carroll, is this. I'm struck by the fact that everyone can clap for the policeman that made sure that Mitt Romney got out of the place without his hair being messed up. And I think that's right. He, Mitt Romney's probably afraid. But what about the people over in Oakland? What about the people in Kenosha or uh, these other places mm-hmm. that are just afraid for their lives? 
this nice man, yeah. uh, I think his name's David Durham, gets shot. He's a security guard just standing there by the federal courthouse, and he gets shot in Oakland. Does anybody care about him? No. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, 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 it's selective outrage, and we've got to stop it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yes, and you know, um, they, you know, some, you know, a lot of uh, reports are calling the people who did the storming, let's call it, um, uh, terrorists and domestic terrorists. And first of all, they can't be, they can't be, well, you're the one who knows about that, but as a terrorist therapist, I know about it too, that they can't actually be charged with domestic terrorism or any kind of terrorism. Um, But, but they're being called rioters also. And uh, as you're saying, yes, if anybody's going to be called domestic terrorists or rioters, it is the people who for the past two years approximately um, have been rioting and looting and, and toppling statues and doing all of these things in the streets, where, as you mentioned, you know, people got killed and, and far where businesses got ruined forever and far worse things have happened and are still happening in our streets. And, um, and, and so to call this, you know, but to make them, to not acknowledge them or to not acknowledge how bad that is and to just focus on January 6th, you know, especially now because Democrats, because of uh, 2022, the elections, Democrats especially need to, um, put down Trump and put down and make themselves seem like the, uh, um, that they're the Americans, they're the real Americans, right? They, they think that this is terrible storming the Capitol, so they're the, the good guys. Um, and it, it, is really, it is really very, very upsetting. Um, plus, you know, I, what I'm concerned about, too, is that I, I, well, when we come back, actually, I'll, I'll uh, start with this. Um, I received a uh, an email just just before we started the show about things that are going to be going on that there that is are planned for this uh January 6th and it it is it is absolutely um terrifying. So why don't we um take a break now? Um sure. And uh and we will come back. Um, My guest is John O'Connor. We're talking today about a warning, giving you a warning. Don't be manipulated into January 6th anniversary hysteria. That is what is going on. All right. We'll be right back. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about warnings. Don't be manipulated into January 6th anniversary hysteria. And my guest is John O'Connor. He is the author of Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. And yes, we are seeing that uh, also with with, um, the events of um, January 6th, the one-year anniversary, which... um, you know, as the terrorist therapist, uh, it really particularly makes me angry that this is more of a fuss is being made over this than any of the uh, 9-11 anniversaries. And there is no comparison. <laughs> 9-11 was a lot worse. And, and the forces behind it, terrorism, is a lot more dangerous than the um, storming, as they like to say, of the Capitol. Now, um, I started to say before the break uh, that I... Just a little before the show, I got a um, an email from an organization that I'm, I'm not going to give the name of because I don't want to give them more publicity. But um, it says, Media Advisory, January 6th vigils will call on lawmakers to uphold democracy. Uphold democracy. Really, it seems to me that make, making sure that elections are honest uh, are more important to upholding democracy. But anyhow, it says, broad coalition of more than 130 organizations will hold D.C. vigil near the Capitol at 4.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. More than 300 events planned across the country. I was blown away by that title. Now, I have been warning people about uh, the events in Washington um, and how, you know, it's like the Br'er Rabbit, don't throw me in the, you know, they were saying, oh, we're worried there is going to be more violence today. Meanwhile, they're you know, planning to have these events in D.C. Um, and then, but I didn't know until I read this, that there are more than 300 events planned across the country. Now, why isn't something that doesn't that kind of thing happen uh, for 9-11? And in any case, what are they... It's it's not, I mean, it's just total politics. It is total propaganda. It is total trying to tell you how bad Trump is, how bad 
uh, Republicans are, how dangerous they are, how we have to take back this country, <laughs> protect this country from, um, you know, from those who would, who would uh, be raucous. I'm not saying that, and I'm sure my guest, uh, John O'Connor, also does not uh, advocate violence. But, um, you know, uh, it's, it's certainly, there are certain things that are worth being uh, violent about. In fact, they did a, a poll recently and found that a significant percentage of Americans felt that for certain things, it is, it does um, justify violence. Please comment on this, John. Well, here's the here's the issue, Dr. Carroll. I think that uh, these people got out of control. It was an ugly day, especially in the front by that tunnel. I was somewhat um, shocked by some of the footage. I got to say, it was pretty bad. But what I felt for, having read the Senate report, is I felt terrible for the policemen that were put in that position. Of uh, there were thousands and thousands of people in Washington. And when you read that Senate report, there are just a few people out there, uh, nice policemen, good guys that are trying to hold the line. And think about this. What if anyone had actually tried to stop a riot in any of these cities? Um, these policemen would have gotten, you know, the policemen just stood back because they knew that they would have really gotten, you know, hurt badly. Uh, so they gave right. it up and allowed the allowed the uh, uh, folks to uh, to riot. And remember, when the riots were happening, many people on CNN and MSNBC said riots, as Dr. King said, riots are the language of the unheard. That was all right. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, gave uh, started a bail fund for everybody who was arrested and others encouraging people to do this. So I think we have to put all this in context. The people in uh, on January 6th, most people, 99% of them, were there because they thought the election was poorly run and they thought our democracy was hanging in the balance. It was very pro-democratic, even though it got out of hand and it got ugly. So I think we got to put this thing in context. We should all probably use it. It would be nice if we used it as a fair and balanced discussion uh, uh platform, but that's not what's going to happen. If you recall, Dr. Carroll, back when Obama first got in office, I think it was Donna Shalala, his, one of his uh, cabinet members, who warned that the real danger to America were these white veterans coming back from Iraq who were just violent and terrible people. We're supposed to be afraid yeah. of these uh, people that are, you know, kind of uh, classic uh, Republican voters. Uh, and that's been the theme for a long time, that we should be afraid of all these people out there uh, that are really these nasty, uh, Trumpy white people. And it's really has a, it, you talk about a racial tinge. It does have a racial tinge to it. Uh, you know, it's um, so it, it, I, I just wish it's very hate filled and it's very uh, caricature like, like everyone who votes for Trump is, is obviously an idiot. Well, there are an awful lot of smart people there in Washington who are very upset about the election. And I was very upset about it. And I studied it quite a bit. This is not just. And so then what happens is with this is compounded another problem with this riot. Then people will add on to that, that it must have been because of the big lie, the big lie, which Liz Cheney, unfortunately, promulgated that idea that just because uh, there's a riot on January 6th, that that was a not a good thing. 
that means that everything that everybody was protesting was wrong. I don't think the two follow mm. that there's such a thing mm. as a big lie. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, there's an awful lot of evidence of great irregularities. And I cite the, I cite the um, uh, pre-election reporting by liberal outlets like the Atlantic that said, look, with all the mail-in voting, you're going to have to, you can have 46% of the ballots are going to be rejected, and that's bad for Biden. Well, guess what happened? Only a, a, a portion, only a small percentage of the people, uh, of the, um, only a small percentage of the ballots were surprisingly rejected. And the New York Times did, did something after the election. Gee, what happened? There only a, a very small percentage actually got rejected when the amount of rejected ballots should have gone up. So it's not as though this thing is just made up. Something was happening in this election oh. that was was terrible. The thing was not administered, and it allowed. It wasn't necessarily fraudulent by the administrators. It allowed for us. Well, I I believe that the election was stolen. Um, things like the pipes in the middle of the night. You know, the the um, it was the voting was going for Trump, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, things started going haywire. Um, I still think that there really was some fraud, uh, whatever you want to call it, fraud, mistake, um, um, technical errors, whatever. And, you know, when you think about something that also that makes me mad is that uh, Pence, you know, he could have prevented all of this. He could, all he had to do was ask that um, that these the votes not be accepted as is and not be certified and to have some more recounting. Um, and instead, he was, so, he was just thinking about himself and his own political ambitions, you know, thinking that maybe he could be president um, if, you know, if, uh, if he went along with it this way and, and then came back in 2024. Um, and, 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 you know, and we wouldn't have had the the riots if you know if, if he would all he had to do would be would have been to have calmly said yes you know let's not certify them let's do some more investigation end of story and people would have gone home there's all kinds of things that that could have happened and i think one of the things that uh should have happened and and i put myself uh, probably at the forefront of people to blame. I'm a, I'm a Republican lawyer. Why didn't I volunteer to go out and file an, uh, a litigation before the election? Uh, I think there should have been more uh, work before the election. There's a lot we could have done to prevent this. And then there should have been more lobbying of the state legislatures before they certified the vote. So it put, so I, I think the Democrats are pretty good at outfoxing the Republicans. I've got to say this. Uh, the Republicans are kind of looking straightforward at things. The Democrats are pretty widely street people. They know what's going on. And, yes, I did mean to say when you get this phony story of the pipe bursting, you have to close things down. I think the reason they did that is any, that they knew that there were a lot of phony votes out there. There are a lot of harvested votes that any observer is going to look at and say, my God, these came off a mimeograph machine, uh, what have you, or a Xerox mm -hmm. machine, um, you mm -hmm. know, and we can't, you can't certify those. Now you can't, once, once these people vote or the ballots are voted, whatever you want to say, now you recount, you're just recounting bad ballots. So the recount doesn't, mm -hmm. isn't much of a remedy. Uh, so yeah. to a certain extent, 
the fault is with us for not, uh, you know, being more organized and having our own more principled version of Stacey Abrams uh, out there uh, trying to say, no, wait a second, Ms. Abrams, and we should have put pressure on the Georgia people for rolling over to Stacey Abrams and allowing it. I mean, it takes an act of Congress to invalidate a signature in Georgia, and everybody knows that. So if you go out and pay people five bucks a, a, a ballot to go harvest ballots and you can't check signatures, which Stacey Abrams made sure you couldn't do, well, there goes Georgia. There goes Georgia right there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't file mm-hmm. an action in, in Michigan saying, by the way, we want to get right there. We want to be close enough, a judge, to read these ballots. We can't be kept away. Well, they didn't think of that. So mm-hmm. the clever, uh, you know, so, so all that happened. Um, and, and it's yes, a whole yes. raft I of mean, things. Was, that was, I mean, that, that's an example of um, some of the most outrageous things. I mean, here, you know, it was televised. We're all, all of America is watching. And they put up um, cardboard in the windows and, and as barriers so that people can't really see what the counting of the ballots. I mean, that is such um, blatant fraud. If there was some, if there was nothing to hide, then there wouldn't have needed to be these barriers and these uh, cardboards blocking the, the windows. Uh, I mean, it's just really, really outrageous. And the 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 uh, even scarier part is. That this, you know, under the guise of COVID, uh, not wanting people to come and vote in person because, you know, they might catch COVID, um, the people like in California, well, you know, <laughs> Governor Newsom just made that law um, for next, for the future elections to all be by paper ballot. So this is just going to continue. Well, yeah, and, and there can be some good to paper ballots, but that's if you have election security at the polling place. And the reason we've had our traditionally had polling places where you vote on one particular day with paper ballots and you sign in and you register beforehand, not on the day of, and you have all these safeguards, precisely so that people will respect the process. But all these safeguards gone, every one of them thrown out the window in this election. And, 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 and people are surprised that, that there's outrage in the country. Of course, there's outrage because there's the feeling the election's been stolen. And, you know, um, that's the problem. And in Michigan, for instance, there's something called for your audience. There's something called the Election Dispute Anthology that I think you can find online where someone took the trouble of putting together all the different irregularities, anomalies, frauds, uh, mistakes in the election in one spot. And you can't finish it in a night. It's so lengthy. Um, but, uh, just think of this. There's one, just one little anecdote here. One nice democratic woman in Detroit went to a planning meeting, I believe is in September where she was in a group of people and they were all instructed that they were just to let that this is going to be a tough election. There's going to be a lot of ballots. So just don't do the normal stuff you do. Just let them all in. Don't try to enforce any of these rules. And, and of course that testimony just goes you know, sort of out the window, it gets lost in the in the buzz of events. But there are different things mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, I think there was uh, something about the postal carriers in northern uh, Pennsylvania were instructed uh, uh, to, uh, I think, had something to do with the post postmarking of ballots. But there are all kinds of anecdotes, which if you carry it out and take them to their yeah. logical conclusion, you say, gee, 
this is really a bad deal. Now, again, once here, here's the problem, I think. Once the election's over, and it looks like, and you don't get the state legislatures to overturn the thing, which they should have done, and which we should have put pressure on them to do that in some of these states where there are real problems. Once that's happened, I think the ship has sailed. I don't have, I have a lot of sympathy for Pence. I know he gets criticism. The, the guy's right in the middle, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, but I do think that if we had decent security in the Capitol, it would have been a very strong, good day of protest where people really had their feelings uh, heard, their thoughts heard, and it would have been something that really would help heal America, actually. But as it is, it's now being used to divide us again. And this is all this is, is trying to point fingers. And like I say, they're trying to take the the unfortunate violence of the tunnel. There's one spot where there was violence and a couple policemen really got beat up pretty badly. I hate, they shouldn't have been put in that position of, of stopping this crowd. There are a few of them. They're stop, trying to stop a crowd of thousands. But that being uh, the case, um, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the situation was not really as bad as, you know, as other riots. Uh, and so, um, yes, that's bad. And we should look at that and, and all that, but we shouldn't try to make it into something it's not. People were very upset, and um, and we had, you know, a few Keystone cops around, and I felt sorry for them that they're put put out there to just, you know, try to stop this wave of people who are very angry. Um, and, and, and also, the other thing about it is there's also evidence, and this John Sullivan, I think is the guy's name, he's one Antifa member who was there as an agent provocateur. You know, there, there are a few of those guys, too. Now, there were also many people that were Trump supporters that planned, uh, you know, aggressive activities, too. But there was a little bit of agent provocateur. So the whole thing was a mess. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a problem with what Pence did. I mean, I think the election was essentially over at that point. Too many lawsuits had been filed and uh, rejected. Um, and so... Uh, but I but think we could learn think, a lot from this. Why do you think? But, but why do you think that he certified it? That he went ahead and certified it? Well, I think it? he did because. Well, I'll tell you why. Is because all the state legislatures at that point had certified it, and his role was was really that of a functionary. I hate to say it, it's ceremonial. I think there's a very good argument that it was ceremonial, and he, he, who is he to say? Uh, now, there, there are other cases back in the Tilden, uh, oh no, now we have a duck, there, that the Hayes-Tilden election, I think there might have been four states who themselves refused to certify uh, their electoral results, and that's why the thing got thrown to the House. Now, in this case, all the legislatures certified this, and to me, I'm sitting back saying, wait a second, you guys, you know, President Trump, where, where's your army of lawyers? You should have people out there and mobilizing the populace to, to put pressure on the legislatures. These guys basically ducked and covered. They were afraid of what mm-hmm. would happen and nobody put pressure on them. And, and, and it's unfortunate that all these people are putting pressure on Pence when that same group of people divided up could have spread out and could have really uh, caused some rethinking and perhaps some new elections in some states where that should have been the remedy. Okay, we're going to decertify this. We'll have another election in a month, or we'll, you know, throw this to our representatives in the House, whatever the, the, the you know, remedy is. Uh, 
but we lost that chance. And so to a certain extent, uh, I'm kind of a law and order guy, and I think Pence kind of had to do it. I think the protests were valid protests, uh, but uh, uh, and, and that's where, you know, President Trump, God bless him, is, is a man of will, not a guy who likes legal niceties. He doesn't like advice from lawyers, and I'm sure he wouldn't like all the advice I gave him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, oh, well, we're pro- actually, I just noticed we need to take a break at this time. But when we come back, let's talk about, um, one of the things I want to ask you about is whether you think that there's going to be violence at these 300 events plus the Washington, D.C. vigil. I mean, oh, God, it is, you, you would think, you, you would think, um, I don't know that, that, I mean, they're making it as if democracy died, which it did because of the election fraud, but like uh, they're making it as though uh, uh, democracy died because of the storming of the Bastille. <laughs> when we come right. back, let, let's take a break now. <laughs> My guest is John O'Connor. He is an attorney, as you can hear. Uh, we're talking today about the upcoming January 6th anniversary, one-year anniversary, what is going to happen, and how you should not be manipulated into believing the political propaganda that this is being used for. Um, You know, there's a whole... I saw an ad on CNN, of course. Uh, They're going to have a whole television special. Uh, You know, you you can imagine which how that's going to be slanted. All right, well, we have to take a break, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest today, John O'Connor. He's an attorney, a legal analyst, the author of Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. And he's the host of the Mysteries of Watergate podcast. Um, We're talking today trying to warn you, trying to put things into perspective in terms of what all this fuss about the anniversary of January 6th is about. Uh, it's In two days, there are going to be apparently 300 events planned across the country, as well as an event of vigil uh, at the Capitol at 4.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 130 organizations are involved. Now, tell me, um, John, do you think, how, how likely do you think it is that there's going to be violence at one or more of these events? Well, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some um, attempts to create violence by some people, and I don't think it's going to be from those who oppose this whole thing. I think there might be some fake violence that's going to uh, be uh, perpetuated here. But this is all, it's a political stunt. The whole thing is a political stunt, and we're supposed to really forget uh, everything that happened in the election. We're supposed to forget the multiple riots throughout the uh, country, as if really what they're really saying is, you know something? Regular people with regular businesses who get shot or beat up or their life savings are taken away in riots, they don't count. Mitt Romney's hair counts, but these people don't count. Um, and I know people were afraid in the Capitol. I, I've, I've seen the documentary. People were afraid. They're under their desk and so forth. But, you know, you've got to put things in perspective here. And this is, uh, you know, this was unfortunate. But like I say, you know, why couldn't we have security? So I was telling you, Dr. Carroll, when we we're on break, it's very, oh, throughout the summer, you heard on CNN and MSNBC, People get on these shows and saying, as Dr. King said, riots are the language of the unheard. Well, yes, they are. To a certain extent, people in America have rioted. They call it what you will, protest riots, when something has gone wrong. Our country was founded that way because of oppressive uh, taxation from England. Uh, but the, these, this is, it is true that riots are the language of the unheard. Um, now, that said... There's an awful lot going on in our country that's not good. Uh, if you look at these major cities, and I'm near one in San Francisco, I don't go in there now. I have an office there, but I try not to go in there. People are not, for a while, their um, stores were getting looted just in broad daylight. The mobs would come in and go to a Nordstrom and just take everything and run out. And this has been going on all over. Now what we're seeing is we're seeing right in the best neighborhoods of San Francisco, literally, People will come up to a car, parked car at gunpoint. Somebody's in it. They'll take a gun and say, give me your wallet. This is happening around the city, uh, and it's happening in L.A. It's happening in Philadelphia. It's happening in Chicago. Uh, terrible in San Francisco. And yet, we're, we're now to be afraid. We're now to be afraid, not of the lawlessness in the cities, not of all these riots, but this one event that occurred because we had one yeah. of the, the worst elections in our country's history. Um Let's get back to Vietnam. If it weren't for Mayor Daley and the police, the protesters in the Chicago at the 1968 Democratic Convention would have overrun everything. They would have break, broken into the convention, too. 
but Daly had his cops out, and they beat some people up, and it was nasty. But everybody felt sorry for the rioters. They were the noble people, and that's fine. That's fine. The cops kind of looked like they were tough guys, maybe a little bit too violent. But the point is, is they put it down. They put down the riot. Now, what would have happened if Daly didn't have enough policemen? Well, who knows what would have happened. Uh, but uh, we, we like our riots when they're on our side. We like Vietnam protests. We like marches here. We like the Million Man March. We like the this, the that, and the other. When uh, was to, um, Jeff Flake got accosted during the Kavanaugh hearings by people in the Senate. People just charged in and cornered the guy and made him agree to something. Uh, that's okay, people think. That's democracy. Uh, you're Just because you're flooding the, the Senate chambers and accosting a Senator, that's okay. Um, so I'm not sure that people are looking at this. And here's it gets to one of the real problems we have. The deeper problem in America is the conservatives want to debate and argue their point. They want to have discussion. The other side doesn't. Yes. The other side's into deplatforming, yes. shaming, finger pointing, lobbing in missiles and grenades. You don't see another side of the picture on CNN or MSNBC or on in the New York Times or the Washington Post. You look for that counterpoint of view for critical thinking. You do not get it. And this is just an example of rather than having a discussion about about January sixth, both sides like we're having now have somebody like you or me uh, talking to other people who have different views, and we can talk about this and, and, and talk about both sides of it. And unfortunately, they don't want that to happen because then people say, yeah, well, you know, you've got to put this in context, and maybe it wasn't as bad as said. There was that violence. I felt sorry for the one policeman that got beat up so badly that got thrown into the crowd in front of the tunnel. Um, and I felt sorry for Ashley Babbitt, who got blasted as she went through a window. Uh, I mean, couldn't they have just grabbed her and tied her up? Uh, you know, even hit her with mm-hmm. a billy club? Okay, mm-hmm. shoot her? Kill her? I mean, I saw it on the film the other day, and it was just, oh, it, it was terrible. Uh, but mm-hmm. but that, it is also what happens when you don't have enough security when you're you're idiotic as the Capitol Hill police was and the Senate was or the House was, Nancy Pelosi and and the Washington and DC people. No National Guard were called in. So once you do that, you're gonna get this result. It could have been predicted. And it, it was it did happen just exactly as the intelligence said it would that they didn't do anything about. So okay. Now if I have to fault Trump for anything he probably should have, uh, you know, raised his voice a little sooner and told people to leave. That's what he did uh, wrong, if as it were. But on the other hand, these people came to Washington. He, you know, they, he didn't make them feel the way they felt. They felt that way. Um, you well, know, as I you know, this I, was I a bad election. Part of that, part of the reason why he, you know, he was did a, made a statement a little later than some people would have wanted. Um, is because he was surprised. You know, they're trying to say that he orchestrated this, but he was really surprised about what happened and what they were doing. It was a little overwhelming to everybody. But um, I, I do want to mention also that on January 6th, um, he is going to be having a press conference at Mar-a-Lago. 
So presumably this will be played live on some stations. Actually, I, I had heard that uh, some stations are going to be doing having him like a split screen, having him on one side of the screen uh, with his news conference and then having, you know, some of these other maybe the candlelight vigil or something um, going on on the other half of the screen. But, you know, I think people should listen to both sides, but I just think that they need to be um, a little savvy about what what the side who is doing all of these events um, is trying, why they are doing it, you know, what their political aim is to get people to vote for them um, and to see Trump and, and conservatives as terrible people and and to, again, keep promoting the lie. You know, the big lie isn't about the uh, election anymore. It's about uh, the lie that it was Trump who perpetrated these, uh, the uh, storming of the Capitol. Well, that's right. I don't think he, he, he perpetrated it. I, 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 like I say, if I had anything to say, I, I wish he would have spoken up sooner. And he may, you may be right, Dr. Carroll. It may well be that he didn't want to say anything because he, because that would imply that he had control over people. Well, he probably, you know, had influence if he wanted to use it. But nonetheless, that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, we do not yet have anyone saying, anyone on MSNBC or CNN saying that the riots were wrong, that the Black Lives Matter and Antifa who organized a lot of this, that everybody now right. wants to get into who organized this, who who talked to one another. We're getting through everybody's email. Well, did you talk to Joe and did Joe talk to Sam? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, what about Black Lives Matter and Antifa right. who are rounding right. up people with the express purpose of causing, of starting riots? There's no doubt about it. And, and you know, and throwing, you know, firebombs and that kind of stuff, which is what happened in looting. And, Yep, but yet we don't have any exploration of that. There's no condemnation of it. It's kind of like, and it's, it's being excused. One thing I'll say is I don't think conservative people excuse any violence or any property destruction that occurred. I don't think anybody excuses it. They just put it in context uh, and say, here's why it happened. Let's, what should we do so that it doesn't happen again and so forth and so on. But I think that's a lot different than saying, oh, boy, all these riots are just mm-hmm. fine. We just ripped up cities. By the way, everybody, do it again. You can do it again, and you can mm-hmm. loot stores. Mm-hmm. And right now, society has seen, and the, the lesson, it's now, it's out of control. Once you say, once a bunch of young kids say, wait a second, you mean we can go loot stores and we get away with it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's happening in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it's reaching the suburbs. And now, you know, people are sort of saying, wait a second, you mean they can go do this to me? I don't think I like this. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. th- but that's yes, what happens when you don't keep law outrageous. and order. It's outrageous that these kinds of things are happening and, and that nobody, and, and that they continue and nobody's really stopping them, but it's outrageous. And yes, you know, people who are willing to be violent, and I don't mean I'm not talking about the, I mean, like on an everyday in the street kind of thing, um, they don't want to talk or debate about these things. I think that's what you were saying, too. Um, they just, you know, it's might makes right. And we are heading to a very, we are in a very, very dangerous state. Same thing with, uh, with court uh, trials, you know, where the mobs outside influence the jurors, intimidate the jurors to come out with, with verdicts. Uh, that they want. I mean, it's it's just a mob rule society. 
Well, that's right. And people in Kenosha, a lot of the jurors in Kenosha were very afraid of rendering a verdict for Rittenhouse. To their great credit, they did the right thing. But the fact yeah. that, that, that the jury panel should be so intimidated even before going in there, and, and, uh, and, and, and it's like, that's okay. There's sort of almost a wink-wink that that's okay to do it. Yeah. Uh, the reason that O.J. Simpson was tried downtown L.A. rather than in uh, Santa Monica, where they probably would have convicted him, was because the NAACP came to the prosecutor and said, okay, we won't riot. We promise you we won't riot if you do this downtown. Wait, are you serious yeah. about this? We, we, change, we change venue because somebody's threatening a riot, you know? Uh, wow. and, uh, and and that's that's sort of uh, what's been happening in modern America politics, especially in the big cities. So, yeah. you know, uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, one way to look at this, if you look at it, the elites versus the regular citizens. Now these elites get terrorized and, you know, people are hiding under their desk and, you know, the thought that, gee, might, they might have to confront somebody. And I feel sorry for them. But, I mean, what about the people in all these other cities? Do you have any yeah, sense of yeah. feeling or empathy for them that are the victims right. of these people? You don't see right. it. And, and that's, the, that's the problem. That's the heart of morality when you do not do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Uh, and, you know, this, this is equal justice under the law is, uh, you know, inscribed in the Supreme Court building. And yet we don't seem to get that. And uh, so it's okay yeah. for Kamala Harris to pay bail for uh, rioters, but God, God, what if Trump did that? Just think what would happen there. I mean, mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that'd be a new thing. You'd get impeached again. Yeah. Let's impeach him again. You know, uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's well, not that there's a sense of no you. fairness. I hate to interrupt you, but we um, have come to the end of the show. I'd love to let you just continue talking. <laughs> But um, we have to say goodbye. I think people got our points, however, um, and I think that my listeners will now be a little wiser. And I hope, I hope that you all talk to your friends about this and uh, you know wake people up to what really is happening and why it's happening. And and it's not about you know the uh, that's that's not the, the main problem in our country. In fact, in fact, you know, yes, I don't condone violence, but in fact. Um, we need more people who feel that passionately about things like stolen elections. Well, let me thank you, my guest, uh, John O'Connor. Thank you so much. Always, always brilliant, always wise uh, for being a guest on the show. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.